Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. So recently, I saw a quote that went something like this. The strange thing about your 30s is that half of your friends are getting married and having kids, while the other half are single, partying, going on vacations, but everyone's trying to figure out healthcare. I know that last part is kind of random, (laughs) but the point is, uh, I really, really resonated with the first half of the statement. You know, I thought about how the 30s are a decade where many, um, obviously not all, but many people experience two major life milestones, um, getting married and then having kids. And I imagine that each of these events is like a door into a different room. On one side is the before, and after you step inside, whether it's through uh, marriage or after having kids, you're in a completely different room with very different life circumstances. Um, Maybe kids more than marriage, but still, I think both are very life-altering events. And so that means that within this decade, at any given time, you'll have close friends and social circles of people all scattered in these different rooms at different places of life and experiencing very different scenes and scenarios. Um, Carrying this analogy further, it's like each room has different furniture, different paint on the walls. Uh, But the point is, it's like all the events and the struggles and the schedules and the priorities of these rooms are different, even though we're not that far apart in age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Jay and myself, we are currently both in the same room, the one with no man and no babies. Um, does it ever feel like all your friends are either getting married or having kids while you're just not? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> when you're describing like half my friends are getting married and half my friends are I'm like, I'm like mm, I know what category I fall under right away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is definitely, um, you know, and I think me being in my mid-30s, Mel, you Mm -hmm. having just entered the 30s, we're both like in this same like, you know, decade now, but I I feel like I've been experiencing this for the past like five plus years or so. So just to kind of like restate for everyone, let's describe our current social situations. Um, So let's share with our listeners, you know, what is kind of like the makeup of your friends. Like how many people are married, with kids, single? What's your kind of like social circle like? Yeah, for me, you know, t- um, to be honest, a lot of my friends are in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wedding season has just begun. Yeah. So um, I would say maybe 80% of my friends are like in long-term relationships. Uh, there's a few of us, the stragglers, <laughs> that are still single and dating. Um, not a lot of my friends have kids yet. I will say Helen is actually my close, my first close friend to have a baby. 
you know, I do have individual friends and a small, small group that are single and dating. So that's pretty much like my makeup of like, you know, who's in a relationship, who's not. The majority definitely is on like the, I'm in a relationship side though. Mm. And Janet, I know like we talk about this, you know, one-on-one about, you know, your current social situation. I know it's kind of different than mine. So what does your, I guess, like situation look like? Yeah. My, all of my, like my, my friends, what are, what are their lives like right now? Um, Mm -hmm. Well, almost all of my like hometown high school friends are not only married, not only with one kid, but with two kids now. Oh, wow. So those are like a lot of the girls that I grew up with. Um, almost all of them now are married with two kids or the second on the way. Um, other close friends and uh, a lot of my family as well, I have a lot of cousins that are in the SoCal area, are also mm-hmm. married. And um, some of them have one kid or if they don't have a kid yet, they're in the process of trying for that first kid. Um, and actually, mm. in in my family, my youngest cousin has now had a baby. So, you know, going even to family gatherings, it's like a lot of the people close to me are, uh, you know, either coupled up or with kid. And um, my close friends who are single, I can now only count them on like half my hand, not even a full hand. <laughs> oh my god, I'm one of I'm one of those. Yeah, on your hands. Yes, you're, you're one of the fingers <laughs> of my hands, but there's not too many left, you know. And wow, uh, of my close friends who are still single, um, and even my younger sister, who you know she's been in a relationship for many many years now, and mm. will likely be engaged in in the coming you know few years. So that's my my kind of current makeup. Is I'm around a lot of married people and a lot of kids, um, and when it comes to single people, there's not too many left um, that are, yeah, my immediate uh, circle, I guess. <laughs> so. Yeah. Janet, when you're actually describing the, the social or like the relationship status of all your friends and family, it makes me wonder if you agree with this statement. Would you say that you're one of the only few single people in these groups now? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. I've, I've had a lot of experiences um, mm-hmm. of being in gatherings where I am one of the only people flying solo. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I could actually agree with you on that. Like, I didn't realize when, I, when you're laying, like, listening at your high school friends and whatever, I'm like, wow, my high school group of friends, I actually am, I'm the only female and mm. I'm the only single one. Mm. Wait. Yeah, I'm the only single one in the group now. I've always been like every holiday gathering. Um, we're always joking around like we're meeting someone, someone, so and so's new girlfriend, whatever. Yeah, but like yeah. everyone else now has been like in that relationship for for about like three to four years now. And I'm just like, and I'm still here. And then we used to joke around like the day has come if Mel brings someone to a party because like I've never brought anyone. Back, yes, right. Like, yes, I get Jay, that. I have those combos with people too. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's funny because even in our LA group, like. There's like a, I mean, I think your your hand, like the half of your yeah. hand, is mostly me, you, Dad, and Tim, yeah, and, just like a, and oh. Tim, you know, yeah. and, and you know, I mean, I know Tim's, uh, he's definitely dating, so yeah. um, it's mostly just me, you, and Dad, yeah, but I could totally relate. Even when we go out to other events or gatherings within Los Angeles, I feel like we're always the single ones. Um, it's just, it is what it is, yeah. and I don't know if it's like. In some weird way, though, it's an identity that I kind of just like, I don't know if I'd taken on, but I'm just mm. used to. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it definitely comes with some, like, challenges, too. So for you, Jay, what are some challenging scenarios you've been in among your married friends that have kids or without kids? Yeah. When you shared your experience of going to, you know, your high school gatherings, like, maybe over the holidays and people joke about, oh, yeah, it's going to be the day when Mel brings someone back. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of, like, I think, and this is, I'm, like, 36 now, but when I was... 
maybe even in my late 20s, but just around the time when all of my high school friends like coupled up, we gathered and did like a brunch before the holidays. I think it was like around Thanksgiving time. And I just remember it was Mm -hmm. like literally four couples and then me. And I just felt so like this is, it's a very common, like I've been at that table and I've been that like seventh wheel, you know, ninth Mm. wheel, third wheel, fifth wheel, so, so many times at dinner parties. Um, and at gatherings. And more recently, like we did like a park day with my friend Sheila and my friend Diana, and both of them have now two kids and their husbands. So it was like these two small young families and then me, you know, having a picnic in the park yeah. and eating pizza. And so I guess it's just it's one of those things where you come in and I've learned to just kind of adapt um, and know that like the things that we're going to catch up on I'm going to have different things to share. You know, it's like Mm. these are things, especially when people have families, you don't hang out very often. So that few times where we do catch up, it's like a lot of them are probably going to be talking about their kids and like, you know, kind of what is is it like in there in the toddler stage? And and then, you know, um, for a lot of them, they're also, you know, they're they're in careers that have kind of been, I guess, whether you want to call it the more traditional route or whatever it is, you know, one's a pharmacist, another is a mm-hmm. lawyer. So their discussions about their careers and what they're doing at work is more, it's like, what mm-hmm. now? I mean, you're like, you're six and, you know, you're 10 in my career. What am I doing? And um, I've always been the person that, you know, it's tried out different career paths and lived kind of a, like an alternative lifestyle. Um, so I've just, I feel like I've learned to like be a chameleon in that sense, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in these settings. Um, and even among my family, like, uh, I can remember like the last couple of holiday gatherings with my aunt and my uncle. There's been though like two times where I've told my aunt about someone I'm dating and it's like, it never got serious enough to the point where I brought them in. So now my aunt's mm. had two times of like this person that I told her about and then she's like, I said, I can't wait to meet them. And then the next time I come back, it's like, I'm not dating them anymore. <laughs> So I don't know. How about you? What are some what are some different scenarios you've had um, being with your friends who are coupled up? I would love to answer this question, but really quickly, Jay, um, because we talk about this a lot. I remember you actually shared with me that park story. And do you ever coming back from the situations? Do you ever feel like, well, one, do you feel sad when you're around that? Because it's a reminder of like, oh, like when you're when you see. Um, like your friends with their husbands and their two kids, do you feel like, oh man, I really want that. Or like, I feel sad that I don't have that as a reminder in your face. And two, like with your family, do you feel pressure? Yeah. Because I know you're one one of the oldest ones too for your cousins. I am. Yeah. No, that's really good questions. Um, I think that it used to be with my friends, I would not feel sadness. I would just look at that and be like, oh, if that's what I have to look forward to, I'm happy. Like this seems enjoyable Mm -hmm. and this is great. Um, and also like I see, I see also the very, the challenging parts of having kids because these are some pretty close friends. And I know I don't see all of it for sure because I'm not living with them Mm -hmm. in their home, but seeing that, then I'm also like, oh, I get to play the fun aunt right now. Um, but I will say that only in the last year have I started to feel a real sense of urgency because the Mm -hmm. reality for me at 36 now is if I do want, you know, to get married and have two kids, it's getting closer and closer to that being I don't know if that's going to happen so Mm. I will say in the last year only so that it does start to make me feel a little bit like anxious when I have those experiences um and with my family like a cup starting they've my parents are super 
chill about me kind of I think after they've seen me change jobs so much and move around they kind of accepted like okay you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do and Mm -hmm. they never were the type to outwardly put pressure on expectations but yeah starting you know when I turned like 32 or so my mom became very like just every once in a while I'd be like oh so are you seeing anyone or you know like oh you're coming home for Thanksgiving like should I set an extra space you know and I'm like no I will Mm -hmm. tell you yeah it is, I feel a little bit more pressure now. I do get asked just mm. more like, um, you know, are you seeing anyone and, and more serious conversations with them about, my mom just says, you know, it's um, like, it's lonely to grow old alone. So just yeah. kind of having some of those real talks with them. And even my uncle, like the last time I saw him, he was like, so are you thinking about freezing your eggs? You know, <laughs> our family has, our, really? Yeah, our family is really open with that kind of stuff. Um, and so uh, I would say that it's just the conversations where we're addressing the reality of me getting older, like that is becoming more prevalent for sure. Yeah. Dang. No, thank you so much for sharing. Like, this is so random, but I have someone in my family who's like, she's my aunt. And like, I think the reason I asked the family question is, you know, she's still single too, I believe. I actually haven't talked to her in a few years, but I think she might still be single. But I know... You know, I think coming from like an Asian household or like maybe some people in your family who is a little bit more traditional conservative, they're always like, they have, you have that expectation, like I need to get married by a certain age to start having yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And that's their mentality. But I know with your parents, you're a little bit more like you do what you want kind of. But they also want to like, I see, I know your mom's like tapping a little bit, but I can only imagine how that feels now like for her because I always grew up just like kind of just like, oh, she's doing her own thing. Yeah. But I can imagine the family pressures of that. So thank you so much for sharing. For me, this question I had to sit with and just kind of think about because I don't know if there's like a lot of challenging scenarios within my friends who are married or who do have kids. Um, I think maybe there's a change in dynamic a bit in our my friendship with these people. You know, obviously in our early or mid-20s, we had more time and opportunity like to go out and go drinking and all these things and have like a quote-unquote single night, singles night out or like a girls night out kind of thing. But now with some of my friends, it's a different type of hangout. Like, for example, like now with a lot of my friends in like long term relationships, they're more into the settled life. Like they want to stay at home a little bit more, mm. you know, and I'm just like, but I want to go out sometimes. But I don't think they sometimes some of them don't want to. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's I run into that now or like um, I think I shared this, shared with this on a previous episode when, you know, Helen, um, you know, started having when we found out she was pregnant. I think for me, you know. Obviously, her being the, my first pregnant friend, it was difficult for me because I felt like I didn't know how to be there for her mm. because I couldn't relate to her situation. I never had a baby. I never was pregnant. Feeling as if like I can't be a dependable friend was really hard for me in mm. my relationship um, with my friendship with Helen. Um, definitely in a different place now. Um, it's just a lot of a shifting of like expectations. Like, I'm like, duh, you can't, like, you have a baby to attend to. You don't, please stay home. Like, yeah. do you do you. But just kind of adjusting the way we hang out is something I learned to do. Mm-hmm. I will say this feeling is actually very similar to, like, whenever your close friends, like, get and it gets in a new relationship, mm-hmm. the available time you have for that friendship is going to get cut a bit. But I think before, when I used to get a little bit more sensitive and more like, damn, that's, like, really sad, I think I'm more accepting of it now. Like, for example... You know, the day, Janet, you know, when you, like, get in a relationship, which I've seen you date last year, I understand that you'd use that time to develop this relationship that, you know, you want to, like, form. Because I think I understand, like, how important that is. Again, though, I think sometimes with a lot of my friends being in serious relationships, 
I'm trying to think of like all my friendships across the board. Like there are some moments when I when I have like talked to my single. Like there's like a group of friends that we have. Like obviously there's like a few of us that are single, and then other group there's like half of them who are in relationships. I think at moments, me and my single friends were like, damn, we still want to go on like kind of do what we used to do in our 20s. Mm. And even though they were like, even though we used to like party and stuff in our early 20s with like maybe a boyfriend with maybe with their significant other they would still go out whatever it's changed now because we are older and i so again like since a lot of them now who have been in their like they're in year five of their relationship they probably want to stay home more Mm -hmm. or doing other things so me and my single friends are just like oh man they don't want to go out anymore and so even though they're not married they just choose to do different things right with their time now which isn't bad but now you're just finding people like it takes a little bit more convincing to go out yeah uh it's even hard for me like there's I, I don't want to go out sometimes i'm just like oh, i want to stay at home so it's just like that opportunity to actually meet up and spend time with each other is actually quite limited yeah so i don't know i just feel like everyone's like preferences or personalities are changing the other thing that i feel i don't want maybe it's is challenging by being around i guess my married friends or my friends that are like engaged <sighs> i had this talk with you yesterday and i talked about this with my mom is I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to the idea of marriage as I see this become true with my friends and family. Like, I think a lot about how when I was like, when I was 16, you were like, oh my God, the day we get married and blah, blah, blah. But to see your friends actually say, I do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit. Like, I'm at the age now where I, that is, it's not that far away. Right. It's not like 10, 20 years from now. It's literally happening. Mm-hmm. And it's making me reevaluate a couple of things for myself. Like it's for me figuring out where I stand with wanting to get married and having kids. Do I Mm -hmm. actually want this? And two, what is the timeline that I want for myself? Because it gets kind of like, because it's it's becoming real. Like it's not like, like, to be honest, which I'll share a little bit more later. Like I don't want to get married next year. Like I don't want to. And having kids, no, not right now. Mm -hmm. And And it's, I'm just like, it's just a weird thing it's a weird feeling to be like i am actually so close to something right right i used to fantasize about Mm -hmm. as a child and now i'm just like that's a scary feeling sometimes you know yeah that's very much i mean what you're describing is like taking something that you fantasized about for so long and now you're seeing it happen in reality and you're gonna you're having to make some of those adjustments for things that you used to see in a very fairy tale way right Um, exactly what are some examples of that of of you feeling like you're adjusting your i don't know images or expectations of things yeah so this is funny because um i guess i could share with with you a little bit about like you know what i'm focused on for this new year Mm -hmm. and dating and relationships actually top of my list um oof okay i feel like this conversation is like very fresh in my mind because i've been having it lately so I will say 2020 is probably the year I feel the most open to dating. 2022? And, so, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, two <laughs> years like, ago, how, how do we go back in time? <laughs> okay. I hope I, could, I hope I could communicate this very, like, clearly. Because I think my mind's a little jumbled about this. Because I'm still processing. Yeah, it's okay. We can go yes. through it. Yeah. Okay. So, 2022 is definitely the year I feel more open to dating and wanting to find a good partner. And so, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend sally and we were talking about how our values or things we want in a partner is sort of changing and Mm -hmm. with that conversation i just had this yesterday i we listened to some of our old episodes on dating like our abg Mm. episodes i just wanted to be like what the hell was i talking about before i'm just very curious right so i re-listened to some of the episodes and 
keep in mind, I was only 26. Da- for some wow, of yeah, yeah. So this was like f- five years ago? Yeah. And even though some of the things I said I wanted were the same as I probably do now, mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm a different person now. And it's for me figuring out what I want now as a 31-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, crap. Like, even though I say all those things, like, yeah, I kind of, it's kind of like I'm listening back to what I wanted, but now I'm just like, but now, Mel, what do you really want? Because it's coming. Yeah. Like, yeah. this reality of, you know, whatever. And I will say that with a little bit of thinking, now that I'm in my 30s, it also reminds me that I'm actually the age where I've always said I wanted to get married at. Ever mm. since I can remember, Jay, when I was 12, all the way up to high school, like, when people were talking about, like, even when you have boyfriends, you're like, I want to get married to my high school sweetheart. Like all this stuff when you're really young. We always talk about when do you want to get married? All my friends in high school would say, I want to get married when I'm 25, when I'm 26. And I would always say, I want to get married in my 30s. That's too young for me. Mm. I've always, I always knew that. I was like, like, I don't know why. I just always thought that way. So now that I'm actually like 31, not even 30, like I'm like, now I'm officially in my 30s. Yeah. I'm like, shit. And, um... It makes me really just evaluate this even more. So, again, being around my friends who are married and are having kids makes me really zone in, like, detail. Like, what do I want? And I came to the conclusion that I still want to get married and have kids, but I don't want. I don't think I want it so soon. Like, I would want at least two to three years before I officially start a family. And I don't feel ready for marriage or kids at all, but I do feel ready for a relationship because... After being in an adult relationship like four years ago, and that was even a long time ago, I feel like there's so many things I need to learn about being a good partner Mm -hmm. that I don't know yet. And I feel like I'm ready for that next step of learning to be with someone who I can truly value and like learn to be with. Because with dating, I'm also learning now that I'm since I'm so open to it now. I've been on a couple of dates and like reevaluating my past relationships. Again, we're zoning on values. I just feel like now I'm dating guys that feel more suitable for me as like a long-term partner. Mm -hmm. And it's also an exciting but scary thing to be in because I can feel myself shifting of like, okay, Mel, I think you're actually thinking smart and like right for yourself now. Because I would chase things that I thought I wanted, but now I know what I actually need. Yeah. And that's a different feeling. You know what I mean? I think that's a very important distinction is being able to figure out what you need versus what you want, right? And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say from personal experience, like I spent a lot of my 20s dating based off of what I wanted and not really knowing what I needed. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you talk about like shifting from thinking about dating as a fantasy versus it being a reality of really looking for the lifelong Mm -hmm. partner – Figuring out what you need is a huge part of that. Um, so I'm really happy to hear that you're like, like you're starting to alter and figure that out. Um, and I, yeah, I will say I have seen a shift in the guys that you're talking to. Um, and I saw because I went through that as well. Like uh, my friends yeah. would say, uh, you know, like when I was in like my 20s or even my early 30s. You know, I would tell them about some of the people I was seeing. They're like, okay, <laughs> if you like him. And then, in the la- you know, and then in the last couple of years, they're like, okay, I see, yeah. I actually could see this person with you. Or this person has characteristics or has values that I know 
like you actually need. And I will say hearing about some of these, the progression of the kind of like the type of guys that you've been talking to or whatever, you know, or like um, considering like they're definitely moving closer and closer to like, yeah, I could see you with that person now, you know? Yeah. It makes me, and it's weird because like, obviously at the end of the day, like it's going to matter what I want for myself. But like I've have the tendency, like, and even Helen said this to me, the other day and like you guys obviously know who I'm talking to like I share all this stuff with you both but she she said to me she's like yeah I'm not gonna lie in the past I know he was a fuck boy and you knew it but you still went for it I'm like I know I know you needed to get it out of your system though I said I think sometimes you need to try out what you want to realize it's not what you need you know yeah I agree and it's just like let's just say all the guys I've brought I actually introduced to my friends. No one has liked. So I don't think that's a very <laughs> good sign. But I think maybe because nowadays, like, again, I mentioned this earlier, like when I'm talking to a guy now, yes, it matters like what I what I view him as, what I see in my dynamic. But like, I'm also thinking in the back of my head, please get along with my friends right. because I have made poor choices in the past. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I... I think, again, like, this guys into other stuff with, you know, how with being, like, now with your friends getting married and having kids, I see how now my, like, my circle of friends in L.A. and back at home, like, these are the people I'm going to do life with. Like, yeah. these are the people I'm going to go on family vacations with. Like, yes, I still have my family, but we're going to go on trips. Our kids will be raised together. And so I'm thinking about, like, if I find a potential partner, like, every even you guys will be spending time with him. You're like, if you can't get along with our friends and be friendly, I'm like, this is not going to work out. You know, it's not going to be a pleasant experience for everyone. Right, right. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Asian Boss Girl is supported by First Republic Bank. A seamless banking experience is something we all want, but what does it really mean? At First Republic Bank, it means you have access to your own personal banker, someone who knows your name and is there for you when you need them. So whether you're browsing their full suite of services or just have questions about your bank statement, you can reach out to your personal banker by phone or email and through the best in-class banking app. See what a difference an always-on, seamless banking experience can make for you. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Sorry, I mean, I was off. No, don't. Going off about my dating stuff. But um, 
in terms of, you know, your current situation, like what is your current situation and what are you focused on for 22 in terms of dating? Yeah. Like it's focused on dating. Oh man, dating. Ugh, that word has been making me shudder recently. Uh, <laughs> I think any uh, any of the listeners who have uh, been tuned in in the last year know that I'm coming out of a year where I had two pretty serious prospects. And both of them, um, I was rejected by, or it ended mostly because the guy made the call. And to be honest, I am pretty downtrodden at the moment. I definitely have moments where uh, I feel incredibly lonely and I feel pretty low self-value and kind of like I'm just going through the motions of life, you know, and I feel like I kind of gave this like large push of effort last Mm. year not one, mm-hmm. but two times. Two times putting this large push of effort. And now that both of those have blown up, um, I'm kind of standing in the dust, like a little demoralized and kind of like losing my footing um, and my sense of direction and a little bit of my motivation too. I think that like, mm. you know, if we, I think in 2021, at the beginning of the year, a lot of my goals were set around dating. And I knew that like, look, I don't, I cannot control everything, right? So mm-hmm. I could only control what I would do in, in the journey of meeting my partner. But I felt like I focused on that a lot last year. And I had like, you know, it's not necessarily a plan, but I, I was working towards things. Um, and then I, f- I feel like with those not working, and I know logically it's like no experience ever goes for no reason, right? Like I obviously yeah. learned a lot from all of them and I don't regret either of those um, like prospects. But still, I think my my emotional state right now is like, damn, I feel just like spent you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I could totally see that. Yeah. And I just don't like when it comes to dating, I'm like, I'm trying to like get myself back out there. Um, but honestly, mm-hmm. the last couple of months, I just have not felt any desire to or any wanting to. But I can also say though that like, um, I, I do feel like it's been, you know, the first like quarter of the year, I kind of felt like I was like in hibernation mode. And um, slowly though, I feel like in the next coming months and probably entering into summer I think I'll be more ready um, Mm -hmm. and kind of get back out there Um, and maybe in some ways this like I had to go through feeling just like a blowing up of (laughs) of the the trajectory that I was on and I now need to maybe just like rethink everything that I was expecting maybe with dating Um, I don't know yeah I I feel like I'm kind of in this like rebuilding phase which when things like blow up the great thing is that you get to rebuild so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's a little bit of like my emotional state. Um, but when I started to think pragmatically about dating, uh, I did say in the past that I would join a more serious like match uh, website or something like that if I was still single by 35. Um, I think what stopped me is because in the last year I did meet two people and I have found that and both of them were through friends. And I do have some friends that are introducing me to people for, for this year so I'm going to be open to like meeting people through that way mm-hmm. and I think that after those or if those don't work out um, I will you know do more seriously put in time to join like match.com or something because I've heard people say that that's actually a website where like people are very serious about long-term relationships and there we go uh, but that also means that I've been trying to wrap my head around like trying to accept that I may have a non-traditional experience when it comes to like my life partner because you know you're 31 like you said you want kids and you want um and you want marriage but you don't want them next year right um you right mm-hmm. now this year you will focus on finding a partner I think for me I want I want kids and I want a family and at the age of 36 like my opportunity to do that is like yesterday you know <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. not in a dire like 
I, I you know we talked to that like fertility doctor on our show and it's like I still I'm not like in in super super red flag zone but I'm in like that my I'm in a yellow flag turning orange almost getting to the red if I if I want to mm-hmm. have kids so I'm trying to accept that you know I might have just a very non-traditional way of getting a family and kids. If I meet someone now, what if for whatever reason, uh, timing or whatever, what if we end up having kids before marriage? I don't know. Or um, even thinking about like, um, you know, if I think about my future and I wanted to like buy a house with a partner, maybe now I need to just start thinking about buying a house by myself because I still want that. Mm. And how do I adjust um, my circumstances to still achieve that thing? When it comes to kids, like I, I did talk about, you know, starting to research a little bit about freezing my eggs. And uh, I actually had, um, I grabbed brunch with a very good friend yesterday um, who is going through uh, the process of trying to have a kid. And she went to see a doctor and learned everything about the process of like um, IVF. And she shared with me, if there's anything that I would share with my like single friends who are in their late 30s now and eventually want kids is to freeze your eggs. And, mm. and that kind of that conversation with her really kicked me in the butt again to like start thinking mm-hmm. about that. And, um, you know, I'm going to be turning 37 this year. And it's now, what, March? I have thought about, okay, maybe I think between now and like the next couple of months, I think I will hit up that fertility doctor we talked to and just at least mm-hmm. start start like getting an assessment um, and then learn and have like a consultation with him. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, I guess, where I'm at with all of this is I'm trying, I feel like I'm trying to recollect all of the blow up from last year and move forward. And I'm not giving up on my dreams of having a family and, you know, being in a relationship. But I think uh, like to your point, when you're starting to, to having to adjust what you want with what's in front of you and what reality is these are some of the shifts that i'm making yeah and i just want to take some time to acknowledge that jay because i feel like well a couple things that come to my mind like i know how seriously you were considering the these two men last year and you know I know you mentioned for like it wasn't like a super long relationship, but I think sometimes when you get attached or like get invested in this idea, like you could be my forever. Letting go of that and going back in the dating scene is actually very difficult. And I know for myself, when I was in my past relationship, it took me about a year before I could even go on one date because it was really hard for me. And it was like, and I guess I used to be so mad at being being like, why does it take me so long to get over someone that was barely there in my life versus he's already moved on? It was like something I was like really bitter about. But at the same time, I feel like individually as a, as a person, you got to heal before you actually could be present for someone else and something and for a better opportunity. So again, no rush for dating. I think you need to mourn what you thought it was going to be. Like, it's just kind of like, and I think this again, this also segues into like, you're a really pragmatic person. I would say you're good at problem solving. Shifting your idea of starting a family may not be the route that you expected. And I think it's really smart of you to do that. But I always, I always think about the emotional component of it because as someone that has is a straight-up fantasizer, when you have an idea of something and the fantasy has to be broken or shaken up and, like, here's the reality that comes in, there's a little bit of sadness that comes in with that because you have this idea. It's like you're dreaming about something, but it changes. Yeah. With that shift, will always be a level of disappointment involved. Yeah. You know? So I understand when you're like, I just felt kind of off. Like, it is a lot of stuff to readjust because... When we think about these, like we're talking about getting married and having kids. This is the episode. It's what it's yeah. about. All these life milestones, 
these are things people think about for so long and yeah. dream about. And when it changes or when it's not to your expectation, even though it might be a better path, mm-hmm. that moment's going to be kind of like, and let me let me say goodbye to that fantasy I had. Yeah. Let me say goodbye to that dream I actually thought about for a few years. Yeah. You know? And you're you're very right in your assessment. Like, I am a very pragmatic person. Um, and I think we've mm-hmm. had a lot of conversations where you're like, I want you to like, like yes, you should be be practical and adjust your expectations, but don't like let go, like don't emotionally settle, right? Like don't give up so mm-hmm. much of, of the idea that you're just getting one thing that you want, but then maybe not in the way that, um, not like you're kind of settling in the method or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, you're very right. Like I don't want to just like end up being with someone because like I need to have kids and maybe they're not the best match for me for whatever reason, right? Yeah. And, um, and that is actually one of the things I talked to about um, – one of our other friends who's also older and female and um, she was in a long-term relationship and then it ended and she was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I went through the process of freezing my eggs and when I did that, it mm-hmm. helped me take the mental neuroticness of like trying to like feeling like I needed to find this partner because I have a time ticking, you know, I've, I'm like limited in time. Yeah. So that was another reason that I thought about, I'm like, okay, actually freezing your eggs, mm-hmm. yes, like Yes, it's a smart move biologically. And also, it's never guaranteed you don't know the quality of the eggs, you know, um, when you actually, when it's not guaranteed that you'll be able to have kids. But doing that is not only like insurance for the future, but it's also for the present so that you can have peace of mind to date and not be fogged by like, oh my God, I need to marry this guy. It's like, no, okay, you've frozen your eggs. You're maybe just like mentally thinking that you've bought yourself a little bit more time helps you not be Mm -hmm. like, you know, settling too much in the dating world, I guess. Yeah, I think one thing Jan, Jan and I, and Jane, <laughs> one thing Jane and I talk about, and she mentioned this in the episode where she talked about her breakup, is that me and you are really quite opposites when we navigate relationships. And for me, as like an emotional, like fantasizer person, I have always wanted you to like experience that the butterflies, the 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 falling hard, that 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 process of like I don't know, like the courting, and all that stuff. I know really, I also know that we're in different phases in our lives, but regardless I want you to have that moment because I know with the past two you're a little bit more like it was fun but you're like okay I have to be really serious and figure out if this is actually like again the pressure like figuring out he's the right person and not saying that you know I do this too but I think there's a and you remind me when I'm in this situation like Mel just be in the moment of it because like this this time can only you know it's very rare so again I want I know you're going through this journey of adjusting but when you, when you are ready to get back into dating, I would love for you to just kind of have fun with it and, like, see what happens and be swept off your feet, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, that, that, that feeling. I'm definitely um, – I'm open to – open to having my feet swept. <laughs> I'm legit going to bring a broom yeah. next time I see you. <laughs> Sweep your feet. <laughs> Hi, it's Janet. I'm about to go into big sister mode for just one minute. I'm sure we all know how important it is to drink our water and stay hydrated. But I know we're all guilty of this. You know, life gets busy and it's too easy to reach for a sugary boba drink or, you know, a super caffeinated coffee in the afternoon. So I wanted to share with you a little trick that I've been doing uh, recently. Instead of an afternoon coffee, I've been using water drop. It's naturally flavored effervescent drink cubes that add flavor, vitamins, and some even add caffeine to your water. 
You can carry them in your purse like a pack of gum and add them to any bottle of water. They have a wide range of flavors. One of my favorites is Nero, which has blackberry, cola nut, and guarana. Go to their website, waterdrop.com, and get a special discount of 15% off with promo code ABG15. Browse their large collection of micro drinks, glass and steel bottles, carafts, glasses, and more. That's waterdrop.com and receive 15% off with code ABG15. Try Waterdrop and enjoy the benefits of drinking more water. So we've talked about, you know, our current situations in dating and in wanting a family and all of that. But obviously that is like not all that life is about in your 30s. Um, So Mm -hmm. Mel, what are other things that you are focusing on for this year? Yeah, and this is a great question because I think this kind of all falls in one big category of like all these milestones are happening right now. And what do you do about it? For me, career... I will say the biggest priority for me is to continue to grow ABG and within ABG work on things I'm actually very excited about. I think naturally being a founder, you kind of touch everything and we all know this, we touch everything, but, um, and we don't love, I don't love everything I touch. I just know it's part of my responsibility, but at the same time, I still want to make sure I am, my hands are on projects I enjoy, but for myself, and this is something I feel like I've been really valuing and emphasizing as I get older and as we continue with ABG and this again bleeds into my social life. I want to ensure that I still have my identity as Mel. And I say this so many times because I think it's very easy in the work that we do. I guess also being, I guess like a public persona now is like, I don't ever want to lose myself to what we do in some ways. Like I don't ever just want to be known as, oh, you're ABG Mel. I was like, no, I actually am Mel. I was on one before all this. And I worked hard. I'd have all these things. And so I want to make sure I am working on things personally that I care about. Mm -hmm. So for example, like my personal goal is to find a physical activity that I really enjoy. And I want to share a moment that I had. And for me, it was really significant. And I like, I, I was sharing this with my therapist and I just started crying. Like just talking about it makes me a little bit emotional, which is so funny. But I struggled for the longest time to find a physical activity that I feel like I could do. I felt really insecure for the long, I think cause for ever since I was a kid, I hated PE. I always identified as being someone that like didn't quote unquote like to work out. Mm. And this year I wanted to be different and be like, like, let's reframe that. Let's find something that you might like Mel. Um, because even within the three of us and even on the podcast, I'm like, Oh, LOL. I don't like to work out. Like everyone knows that about me. Right. But I think it got to a point where like, I just, that was my identity and I didn't like mm. that. Because yeah, yeah. it prevents me from actually taking care of my physical health, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so recently our friend Tim was like, Mel, let's do, let's do this. Like, do you want to go to Orange yeah. Theory with me? And I was like, no. <laughs> no I, mean, <laughs> I was like, absolutely I not. Fucking, I was like, no, I hate hit. Like, I don't like the feeling of struggling physically. Yeah. I hate feeling out of breath. I hate, like, it just reminds me of all the times back in PE where I would be last for, run, for running mm. a mile, all this stuff. It's just like embarrassing moments just come flooding in for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I can see. But I was like, F it, let's just do it. And I had to like prepare myself mentally to be like, okay, Mel, because with Orange Siri, they'll literally say like, hey, like you're doing, like they'll track you by your colors. And I was like, shit, I'm going to prepare myself to be in like the, like the, the slowest, the lowest zone. Mm. Like I just knew it. But I went in there and I surprised myself and I was able to keep up. 
because I realized everyone isn't focused on you. They're focused on themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, I'm literally just looking at me. I wasn't even looking mm-hmm. at anyone else. Yeah, I was like, look yeah. at my data. And afterwards, the instructor was like, hey, Mel, let me walk you through your data. And he was like, you actually did pretty well for yourself. You hit all the, like, average. Like, all the things that you needed to do as a female. And yeah. I walked away and I was like, I don't know if these was the endorphins, but I was driving home. And I was thinking about it. And I just started bawling and Aww. crying. And I think it's just more like, I was telling my therapist, I was like, I think even though, like, again, I am so proud to be a part of ABG and it's like a collective, like, sense of, it's a collective win with all the three of us. And I do feel proud. I think sometimes it's a different feeling when you have an individual personal win. Yeah. 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 And I was like, shit. I was like, I just had that feeling and I never, I haven't had this feeling in so long because I felt so stuck the past two years personally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why with 2022, I was like, Mel, make sure you ha- you create these moments for yourself because that also matters. It's not just, for me, it's not just about my career. It's about me personally. So I think even though I'm, again, like dating and relation is big on my list, but so is my individual growth. It's something I really want to value. So that's something I'm working on. I was like, that was like a big win yeah. moment for me. I'm very proud of you and hearing you like explain it that way to how it goes back to, you know, even childhood and like, uh, being yeah. known as a person who's like, you know, slow and pee and all those things. Like I can definitely, you've helped me understand mentally why it would be so challenging to step into a class like that. But the fact that you mm. did it and then also how amazing it is to be told that you did like better than average. Um, yeah. Because then it's, yeah, this isn't just simply like, oh, I feel lazy and I don't want to work out. And then cool, I did it. You know, no, this is like a, right. You push yourself physically, but also you are you are now like shattering some of the ideas that you had about yourself. Mm, you know, you yeah. you had some of those limiting things that we all have because of the you know things that society will say, and you prove to yourself like that's actually not who I am. You know, like maybe I can be very capable of being like I am a physical person. Like I just need to find my way of being physical. Exactly, and I think that's something I had to shake off and. I, I think for me, like, the reason why I want to bring this up in this episode is because, you know, we're talking about all my friends are getting married and having kids. Yeah. I think it's really easy to see these big lifestones or life, lifestones, <laughs> milestones, whatever. I think it's really easy for me. I could say, like, seeing my friends, you know, getting engaged, getting married, having kids, it's just so incredible. But it's easy to compare something like, well, what? how about me? Like, oh, no, like, nothing's going on in my life. It's really yeah. easy to be like, how, like... To feel low and down yes, on yourself. Yeah. But for me, the reason why I had to create these personal individual goals to focus on me is because it's it's just a reminder to be like, hey, I have I I could have my wins too. And they're different and they're different kinds. And so I'm not saying I'm any better than my friends who are getting married and having kids, but it's more like as I'm working towards these the, those milestones, let me create other ones for myself. Yeah as that time comes i really i really really like that yeah i mean obviously this whole episode we you know it's about getting married and having kids but yes um everything in your 30s is about so much more than that and there's there's a hyper focus on those two accomplishments being the only accomplishments but they're most definitely not that's not what life is only about and i really like that you um you have focused on something that is a big, big personal um, milestone. Mm-hmm. So that is awesome, Mel. Damn. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I kind of share with you guys a little bit. I'm like, I didn't mean our text from where we like, I didn't want to stare yet. It's just a kind of that thing. But I, I know you guys, you also see my background. And like, I hate hiking and all these other things. So yeah. it's been a journey to figure out what I want to do. But I guess I could, that kind of trickles into my like social goal for 2022. Um, again, I, I think, like I said, I don't want to lose myself 
in terms of like what we do and whatnot. Like it's so weird to say that because everyone's like, what does that even mean? But I think what I truly value is, is staying who I am. I know we're evolving Mm -hmm. human beings, but for me, like making like socially, I'm, I want to make sure I'm making time for my friends and also making time for the people that remind me of where I come from, who I am. Like, I think I, I do value my friendships a lot. I have a lot of friends. I still have close relations with my, with my friends from college. And I think it's because when I'm with them, like they, they just remind me, I'm like, I haven't changed and mm. I don't want to be someone that changes completely to be like, oh, like, like, for example, like obviously living in LA, you're like, oh, are you one of those LA people? Not saying it's bad or good thing, but obviously working in media entertainment, there's a certain persona that comes with that. And for me, like, I understand that, but at the same time, I still want to be like, I'm still Mel from the Bay area. Like I'm still Mel that went to UCSD and like, that is who I am. And how can I stay true to that identity as I continue along with my, with my career in media, Yeah, you know, and a, and, and continue with growing, you know, in my thirties. So for me, it's making sure I spend time with people that I can generally be myself with, my friends from back home and my friends in LA who we still like, you know, like little moments that we have within our group in LA, I still really cherish because it is a great reminder. It's an anchor as things continue to grow and move that it's still this, it's like, it keeps me grounded yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, I want to hear your stuff too, Jay, if you have any, please share. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you talked about how like you had built up this identity um, around being like not a physical person, someone who doesn't like to go hiking, someone who just likes to let, like all of that kind of stuff, right? I think in ABG, I've kind of, my persona has kind of been around mm. this person who's like super calm and, you know, does meditation and yoga. And yes, I do do all those things. Um, and as of like last year, I had said I was getting certified to, to teach and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, after a year like last year and it trickling into this year, like I honestly have been pretty shitty about my self-care. Like I don't remember the last time I did yoga. It was like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I still meditate, but uh, I haven't been the most like – I haven't really hit it twice a day all the time. Um, I was doing another kind of meditation program and I paused it. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't, yeah, I haven't been doing the best in that. And I think one of the things that I'm taking away from this period of my life is to kind of be okay with letting myself like sit in the grief a bit. I don't know, I guess, is it called grief or is it like when I say I'm like in a period of hibernation? But I guess I'm learning mm-hmm. after this conversation with you too, like it is a pretty big thing to go through of a year of two pretty heavy prospects and it's okay to be knocked off my feet um, and it's okay to have a period where I just pause things. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of just letting myself um, sit in it because I can also mm-hmm. feel that I know it's going to evolve and change and I can feel already in the next couple of months that things are going to mm. shift. That's kind of, I think, what, yeah, when I think about like, when you talk about this idea of like, what are you known for? And then feeling like you have to maybe stick with that. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I, I, I push meditation and I push, you know, like, having a positive attitude or whatever all that kind of stuff and compassion but I'm also human and part of being human is sometimes you don't feel the best about yourself and the world so yeah and that's okay yeah as long as you don't stay in it you know as long as eventually you come out of it so yeah I think for me hearing as a friend hearing hearing you say I know I'm in this period but I feel a shift coming I I it makes me feel good I am someone that believes that you should sit in your thoughts and mm-hmm. process and feel whatever you need to feel because you need that in order to move on. Yeah. Yeah. But the fa- I do hear hope in what you just said, so it yeah. makes me feel good. 
All right. And for this episode, we thought we also could talk about learnings. You know, obviously being around our friends who are married and just talking about these milestones, there's something we always gain from these experiences. So Janet, through observing your friends who are getting married and maybe seeing them now a few years out, is there anything you learned that you want to apply to your life? Yeah. So I think one of the greatest things about watching all of your friends get married and you, whatever they say, like the constant bridesmaid, (laughs) is that I've now seen it done so many times. Like I'm able to take parts that I've seen that worked well and parts that I think could, you know, didn't maybe, and then I can adjust it for my, myself. Um, I had also always said kind of in the beginning that I was not a big ceremony and wedding person. I think in the last couple of years, I've changed my mind about that. I'm more open to the idea of a ceremony. Um, but I also, because I've seen how expensive it can get and how stressful mm-hmm. it can get, being someone who's a little, if I were to get married, it would be when I'm older, I would do a smaller gathering and I would more in the interest of um, just having my, my friends and my people there and it not needing to be as big of a event. I don't know. Yeah, I think I just, I think I've learned a lot of of um, ways to prioritize, like maybe saving that money for for the next part after marriage. So mm. <laughs> how about you, Mel? <laughs> Mine's a little bit different. <laughs> um, well, I, I will say this. I think going to a lot of weddings and seeing people go through marriage life and, you know, this being a more of a reality now, I think more than anything, there's no need to rush into a marriage or a mm. wedding. Um, I know since I value a very nice wedding, I'm using these next few years to actually save up money so I can afford what I actually want. Mm. Um, but I'm also being now again, going to like weddings. Now you see how much things cost. You're like, okay, I don't want to spend that much like that. I'm like, "Mm, I have some boundaries still, but again, as someone who loves weddings, I also know that I want to find that right person to have this special day with and not just have a grand party for me. Mm. Like I will say it's easy to fall in love with the idea of the party aspect of a wedding versus a marriage Mm -hmm. so i'm well aware of that so i'm just like i don't want to rush into it because i'm not about to spend money on a party that with someone i don't even care about or someone i'm just like i want to have a party with so i think what makes a wedding so special also is like when that day comes i want to feel that abundance of love the day of that's what makes the wedding and ceremony so meaningful and special so there's no need to rush into like finding a man like oh i want to marry you like i don't want that so that's one thing i've learned um, you know, obviously, again, when you go to more weddings, you figure out like, mm, maybe I don't want to have that. Yeah, I, I would do things a little, di- I'll do things a little differently. But it's kind of nice because, like, in some ways, like the more time that goes on, the more information and research you collect. Like, yeah, okay, now I could fi- kind of figure out what I would want yeah. and what do I want to spend and and whatnot. So, yeah, that's something I learned. Yeah, you can definitely you wreath or you reap the benefits of other people's experiences. Um, what about through observing our friends have kids um, and maybe seeing them for a few years out? Now, I know for you, maybe you have less friends that have had kids, but just having some experience of seeing that. Is there anything that you've learned that you want to apply to your own life? I definitely think I'm still figuring this one out. Um, I will say I see how having a really great support system and a good partner makes a huge difference. Mm. Um, like... I don't know. I, I've obviously we've seen Helen and Phil go through the pregnancy and I think seeing Phil be so, I don't know, this sounds really random, but I know Helen recently showed us like video clips from like when she was in labor and seeing Phil, he's saying things like, I am so sorry. I can't, I wish I could take away the pain or like, you know, he felt for Helen yeah, and he's like, yeah. I just admire my wife to bear our child. And I'm just like, I just appreciated it. Like 
him trying to like really empathize and knowing yeah. that he can really couldn't do anything, but you knew he felt for her. And I'm yeah. like, that's that's the kind of partner I would want in this situation. Like, you you get me. Mm-hmm. Like you you really want to just protect me. And I could tell he just wanted to protect Helen. Yeah. And I love that. So having a good partner like really makes a huge difference. But at the same time, the reality is like seeing my friends go through pregnancy. And I mean, Helen shared her labor story with us. I'm just like, I'm not gonna lie. It does kind of scare me. Yeah. And I used to be that girl that would pretend I'm pregnant after I eat, I eat food. You see me? <laughs> like, Jay, you know, I'm like, look, look at my belly. And then, but I do recognize how difficult it is to go through pregnancy. Yeah. Again, as a woman, changing identities, changing bodies and hormones, and then labor process, the physical component. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, it says that it does, doesn't, it scares me. Yeah. So the idea of it right now, I don't think I really want it. Mm-hmm. as much right now i definitely want children though but not right now so again there's no rush for me to have kids right now yeah and uh, and i think i just really want to make sure i am mentally ready for it mm. and i'm ideally and i'm ideally with a partner who can be present with me when i'm pregnant yeah. so i do think there's other ways to have children as of now since i don't feel like i'm personally ready for kids i would love to be with a partner that can help me along through with the process because i think i might need help yeah i think right now there's no rush yeah yeah no yeah. that's very those are very insightful takeaways of have, having only like watched maybe one set of your close friends have kids yeah. um i will definitely say yeah like seeing the need for a support system and a, and a partner who is like fully in as much as you are i start i started seeing that with from my friends uh, like years ago when they started having kids as well and that was that's kind of why like the last couple of years and I've said I've been looking for someone I'm like I'm looking for a partner who'd be a good dad <laughs> you know or who actively wants kids um mm-hmm. so that's definitely something that I've I focused on as well I think beyond that um now being 36 and having like a like a plethora of little babies in my life who I consider my nieces and nephews I feel like um I love that I've been able to learn what little I could learn just as someone who is not mm-hmm. their parent but as an adult in their life something simple things like changing a diaper or like ways different methods or approaches to soothe the baby like small pieces Mm -hmm. of knowledge that I just feel like can make it a little bit less overwhelming when you go through it yourself because you feel like Mm -hmm. you're not going in completely blind you know and I know that you can Mm -hmm. never be fully prepared for it but I think I really appreciate that I've been able to like learn from those women in my life who have had children Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can, if one day I'm able to do so myself as well, I will feel like somewhat more mentally prepared, I guess. Um, So yeah, that's That's a good point. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like I'm very happy that like Helen's sharing all her journeys with us. I'm just like, oh, she's like, and she'll she'll be, she'll say things like, yeah. By the way, this is something that you I didn't know about pregnancy. That I'll let you know, or a baby, or having a baby. I'm just like mentally noted yeah you know it's again when you have friends that go through an experience before you you do learn a lot from them most definitely so it's very nice And just to wrap up today's episode, we do want to talk about how, you know, the 30s isn't only about marriage and kids, like we mentioned earlier. So, Jay, what are some benefits to being in your 30s and still single and without kids? Yes. 
So one of the bigger things that I've been focused on recently is because I'm not tied down with children or a husband, I have a lot of flexibility with my living situation. Hmm. Um, so I shared, you know, at the end of last year that I was looking into renting my place on Airbnb, and I have been. Um, and because I have the flexibility of just being a single person, I also am then wanting to rent a bedroom in a different place around LA so I can check out a different neighborhood. Um, and I don't think I would be able to do that if I was, you know, living with a partner or starting to build a home. Being able to like be creative with my living situation allows me to generate passive income with my home mm -hmm. because I'm not focused on having the house be for anyone but myself. Um, it also means that I can be a little bit of like, I can be flexible with where I want to live. So before renting a place back in LA, I've been spending the last couple of months in Orange County with my parents. And mm -hmm. honestly, if I were with a family and kids right now, I would not be able to spend the time that I am with them. And this is precious. Mm -hmm. These are precious uh, years that I we that they're not going to be around forever, right? So I very much focus on how lucky I am to be able to have my relationship with them um, at this stage. Uh, and also, because I don't have my own children in my life, I feel like I'm able to have more capacity for my friends' kids and my nieces and mm. nephews. So they really are, when it comes to children in my life, like my priority. They are the ones that I think, you know, like if I'm thinking about birthday gifts or if I'm thinking about anything that I ever want to save or pass on um, in the – like if I get things and I'm like, oh, I, oh, who are the kids in your life that you would give that benefit mm. to or who do you want to spend your time teaching at the moment, right? Passing on any knowledge, like I'm giving it to them. So um, that's been kind of nice for me uh, to think about. How about you, Mel? What are some benefits for you about being in your 30s and still single without kids? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you gave really great examples. <laughs> and I will say you are such a great aunt. I definitely Aww, see that with you. you and I love – I feel like I learned a lot when we were watching the baby together. Helen's baby, I'm like, hey, yeah, Jana knows what she's doing. <laughs> I pretty much said, like, freedom to do whatever you want, honestly. Mm. Like, time is pretty much yours. You could, like, your time is your time, you know? So you could figure out, like, you literally could decide what you want to do with it. I do think when you have kids and you're, you have a partner, your priorities are going to change. You're going to change. Um, this is a really random thought that I just had as you were talking about, like, these things you know one thing I kind of some benefits ish I feel like we do have being 30 and are single without kids to sleep as much as we want and <laughs> that's and true. like to feel that and honestly for me it's like just to, to sleep alone and not give a crap like mm. let, let me explain okay so I realized like okay if you're dating someone obviously you have a boyfriend or you're married you sleep with your partner in bed right right I have this thing where I get actually really nervous and a little insecure whenever I sleep with a partner in bed because I forget my sleeping tendencies. <laughs> like, I mean, Janet, you know that you slept, you shared a bed with me, but like I, one, I snore, but I forget that I snore <laughs> until I share a bed with someone. They're like, Mel, you had a snore last night. I'm like, oh shit, I do. <laughs> and like, I drool and like, it's just like, I'm not the most prettiest when I sleep. Now that I have my, I, I have my own room and I have my own bed, like, you get accustomed to your own habits. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm kind of like, whenever I literally think about dating, I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, gonna, <laughs> like, I'm like, you're going to have to love me for who I am. Yeah, but yeah. But I do think, I, I think about that a lot. Because, like, even with sleep, again, like, I know Helen and Phil sleeping, the schedule changes. Yeah. You know, these little things happen. So, again, sleep is a big thing. I'm not ready to give that up yet at all yeah but mostly it's just it's freedom to do what you want with your time um again if i want to like 
hopefully with the pandemic, I mean, with traveling, it, get, it gets a little easier. I could I can go wherever I want-ish yeah. without, to be, without to have to consider a partner yeah. sometimes. That, so that's one thing. Very, very good. That is, yeah, I think, like, I totally agree. We have the luxury to only focus on ourselves right now. Mm-hmm. So for any of our listeners out there who are in the same situation as we are, which is you are in your 30s and you are you don't have kids and you're not married and you're single. What advice do we have for those in the same situation as us? I love this question. This is related to my answer above or, or from earlier. I will say, you know, I know we all feel lonely from time to time. Like I feel lonely sometimes not, you know, being with a partner or, you know, not having a family to always come home to. Um, but really soak this time up. Um, again, like I am someone that I know I'm going to get married and have kids one day, but this is the only time right now where I can literally be 100% selfish of my needs and wants. So I might as well take advantage of it now. So that is something I would share with everyone. Like, again, I know there are moments of sadness and loneliness, but think about this is a precious time given to you at this moment. When are you going to have this time? Use that time in the way you want to use it. Yeah. I really, really like that. Um, My my advice is almost the opposite, though. (laughs) 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 Maybe we should have ended on yours. It's more positive. Uh, My advice is that it's actually is it's okay to feel shitty and crappy and to feel like you want to bitch about it. Um, And I think I come from this perspective because I'm 36. So I'm a little Mm. bit like against a timeline. Right. And I think my social circle is um, people are really, really it's like most people are in families now. And um, I just I guess it's like valid. I want to validate anyone out there who is. Uh, in that space as well where everyone around you's life is or a lot of people's lives around you looks very different than your own that it can truly be a very isolating experience you know and I think back to that time in my life where when I just started going through career transitions and I was like stepping away from the path that all of my friends and all my peers were on and feeling like I was trying to find my own way of like what kind of life and what kind of career I wanted I had I felt so lost sometimes and just so alone Mm. and Sometimes I feel like that's kind of, there's a parallel right now, right? Like a lot of the people that I know have like gotten married, had kids, and they live in a house in the suburbs. And Mm -hmm. um, I, my life is not like that at all. And so I want to just tell other people out there that it's okay to bitch about it. It's okay to feel crappy and alone sometimes. But I do like what you're saying, Mel, which is just always know that like the present situation is not going to be like this forever, right mm-hmm. and that you need to and that there's always something beautiful and amazing to to get from the from the present so um i think yeah really really focusing on on that is is a good advice to leave our listeners Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll wrap this episode. Uh, thank you listeners so much for hanging out with Mel and myself as we shared with you our experiences of what it's like to be in our 30s and single and having a lot of our friends getting married and having kids right now. Um, if you have any other uh, stories or tips that you want to share on this topic, we would love to hear about it. Go ahead and leave a comment in our Instagram post for this episode or in any of the show notes. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. 
If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dairy ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. And we have a couple of shout-outs for today's episode. Coming from Los Angeles, Christine wants to give a shout-out to Brianna. Thank you to my roommate who celebrates my highs with me and cares for me unconditionally during my lows. Love you lots. Sunny in Washington, D.C. is sending a shout-out to Lisa. You work so hard, and I know it's challenging and tiring, but you are so awesome, and I can't wait to see what comes next for you. You deserve it all. I am so grateful for you and love you so much. Coming from Seattle, Washington, Sonia is wishing a happy 25th birthday to Tiffany, to my amazing little sister, adventure bestie, and the other half of my brain cell. You're an inspiration for giving your absolute best to your passion, and I can't wait to witness your future achievements. In Los Angeles, Debbie is sending a shout out to her sister, Denise, who is the best sister in the world. Thank you for everything that you do for me and our family. I am loving all of these sister shout outs. And Marissa in Orange County is sending a shout out to her best friend, Denise, who is currently in the interview process for her dream job. I am so proud of you and all the hard work you have put in the last year to get to where you are today. I'm so lucky to call you my best friend, and I love you so much. Michelle from New York is sending a shout-out to Jane. Happy engagement, Jane. Can't wait to finally celebrate all the moments leading up to your wedding that you've planned for since birth. And from Hawaii, Brianne is sending a shout-out to Sherry for becoming Hawaii's 70th Cherry Blossom Festival queen. If you'd like to send a shout-out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout-outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.